Second Down with Christian Gokel. Sponsored by The Uniform Source, coastal leader for all your uniform needs. On ESPN Radio. Welcome into Second Down right here on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel alongside Cam Urshery. Glad to have you all hanging out on this Thursday afternoon. Going to hear from Savannah State Tigers head football coach Sean Quinn coming up in the next segment as we do every week. Breaking down Savannah State's 8-2 and two regular season finale. Cam, did you see what was happening up there? Yeah, my did Tigers you, look good, man. No, but did you see what was happening like? on the field in terms of weather and precipitation. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Um, they, I heard the turf came up off the ground. Uh, it was bad. It was a, like a monsoon. I, I know okay. old Andrew Goldstein from WSAV was showing us pictures from upside the, the press box there at Ted Wright, and it was just – you look down, it looked like you could do like a gainer off the press box into the pool. It was wild. So they ended up moving that one over to Memorial Stadium and starting the game at 930 and I think it was supposed to be a 5 o'clock kickoff. Yeah. 9.30 game at night. College football. They're playing like they're on the West Coast. So, yeah, so hey. again, again, we'll catch up with Sean Quinn coming up here in a little bit. Going to talk some Georgia football as well. And we've got a surprise guest coming up at 2.35. But, Cam, before we dive into anything, I do want to say thank you to all the veterans out there listening. I know yep. this area of the country in particular, so many bases uh, in and around South Georgia, a lot of very proud veterans, a lot of really proud active duty members of the military. So I do want to say thank you to everyone out there listening. We wouldn't be able to do this without y'all and Cam at all. It's always just crazy to me to think when you, when you break it down, right? I always say the say it out loud theory. We say a lot of things, but I like to say it out loud. These people signed their name on a dotted line for where it said, listen, every, everything's going sideways. There's something we need you to go do that not a lot of people will go do. And they're like, yeah, send me. That's fine. Cool. I'm here yeah. for it. So I want to say thank you to all the vets out there listening today. Is for you. Enjoy all of your free food. Enjoy all of the deals. You absolutely deserve it. I know mm. we I, miss him every day, but Cody Queen. He's probably never, eating. Oh, eating God, good. I, I hope so. I hope he's, he's going to Applebee's and Chili's and, and all the places with the free food. I hope he started his day at IHOP. Uh, so, Cody, if you're listening, take advantage of all of your free food because Lord knows you deserve it. But, Cam, I woke up this morning and I went on with uh, Eric Kane up in Tennessee on his show. And I, got, I get this weird feeling in my stomach hmm? about Georgia, Tennessee. Oh, and I feel like I that. do this. I feel like I do this every week, especially the closer we get to the games. But I have a weird feeling in my stomach about this game. Did you see the Arian Smith uh, news? Some breaking news yeah. just before we came on the air. Arian Smith, it appears, has suffered a broken leg. Uh, reports coming out that it's a, a lower body injury, uh, but some Georgia beat reporters indicating that it is a broken leg. So Georgia could be without Arian Smith for the remainder of the season. And man, I was just again, I was yeah. just up on the sports animal in Tennessee talking about this and saying like, hey, Georgia's about as healthy as they've been in terms of pass catchers all year. Jinxed them <laughs> because you've been well. I mean, you've been going. You can go too deep now. Really, mm -hmm. uh, you go Lad McConkey, Ad Mitchell, right, going out there for you, and then it was Arian Smith. Well, now you lose Arian Smith, so you have you still have Kyrus Jackson back, right? Jermaine Burton has been playing really well for you, but it's just now all of a sudden instead of having that, that too deep at wide receiver, it's more of a rotation base. So still pretty deep, right? You can go five, six deep at the wide receiver position for Georgia, but not as deep as you like it at losing Arian Smith. 
I guess that's kind of balancing out against the news that George Pickens and Dominic Blaylock are taking reps with the scout team right now. Yeah, so could I mean, you see them before the season's out? There's so many injuries on this Georgia offense. It's kind of like sometimes you lose track. I I totally I'm like, man, that can't be Georgia's wide receiver court. And you said Blaylock and Pickens are freaking all American and Pickens. Yeah. You just totally forget about them because they're so deep at every position. Yeah, I thought Dominic Blaylock was the better of the two receivers when they were freshmen. I thought he was mm -hmm. pretty dominant there. And then obviously gets hurt in that SEC championship against LSU and then re-injures the knee. So they have been uh, in the surgery to repair that knee. They actually took a portion of his hamstring. So they've been very, very careful and diligent bringing Dominic Blaylock back. And then obviously George Pickens gets hurt before the season starts. And so this has been a pretty miraculous turnaround time for him, the fact he's already out there working with the scout team. We don't know what the timetable is or what the amount of workload he's getting, but I'll the fact say, that he's just out there yeah. doing that is wild. But I still think the fact that you had to kind of force feed Lad McConkey early in the season, right? And A.D. Mitchell had to get out there. We talked to JT Daniels at SEC Media Days, and we asked him, hey, who's somebody that we're not talking about right now that we, we need to talk about? And he said A.D. Mitchell. And mm -hmm. that was coming off that huge performance he had in the G-Day game. So I think the fact that you kind of had to force feed these guys early, Brock Bowers, right? If everything went chalk and you had George Pickens and you had Jermaine Burton out there and Darnell Washington wasn't injured at the beginning of the year, right? And Eric we, Gilbert. Yeah, yeah, Eric Gilbert shows up, right? Maybe we don't see Brock Bowers, but all of a sudden, he's one of the best tight ends in the country. If Brock Bowers entered the draft today, he would be a first, second-round pick. I like, agree he's, he's actually... I mean, he runs what, like a four-five. I mean, it's he's fast. yeah, we, he's we, really we, good. We have the tape up where Ben breaks it down of his catch against UAB, where he mm -hmm. literally outruns a safety that had the angle on him. Yeah, it's different what he can do from that tight end position. But just looking at this Tennessee offense, the defense is not good. Their defense is not good whatsoever. Yeah. But I feel like what they're going to try to do is take the Missouri playbook, which I think is how you should absolutely attack this Georgia offense, which is load the box with eight and say beat us deep. If you can hit 50-50 balls over our head consistently, fine. This is different than 2020. You don't have George Pickens that you're throwing the football to. We're going to take our shots with the Jermaine Burtons and the Lad McConkeys, and that's fine. We're not going to let you run for four or five yards a clip. I think Tennessee is going to try to do that, and is Georgia going to hit some chunk plays on Saturday? Absolutely. But are they going to get some stops? I think so. I think we, we forget because of how quick those two minutes happened. Georgia was only up three to nothing. Oh yeah, against yeah. Florida. I I don't forget about that. I mean, very late in the first half, they they struggle to. I want it. They struggle to move the ball a little bit, um, at times, especially with the running game. Last game against Missouri, they played. I mean, I know the score didn't indicate it, but Missouri played the run absolutely perfect last game. It's just Stetson Bennett was I in mean, the he first had, half. Georgia in the was first able half, to break it yeah. in the second half. Yeah, but Stetson Bennett had a few kind of kind of lucky passes. One was tipped up, and Jermaine Burton just caught it, but. Outside of that, Stetson Bennett was really good last game. Um, and he's going to have to be really good this game. This is, I wouldn't say a potential. I, wouldn't, I don't want to say shootout because I don't think Tennessee's just going to light up the scoreboard. But I think Stetson Bennett, he needs to get prepared as in going into the game thinking, okay, I have to go out, go out here and score some points, not hand the ball off to well, you know, these I, running backs. I would say the opposite. If I'm looking at Stetson Bennett and I'm Kirby Smart and Todd Monk and I'm saying just do what we've been doing. Don't try to force it. No, no, like, no. Don't force it now. Like with this, with this defense, sometimes it's – the best option just to go three and out and punt right you flip the yeah. field position and you get the ball back and all of a sudden you've gained 20 yards like it's just it's mm -hmm. don't force anything because the way 
I guess the recipe for Tennessee to win this football game is outpace you in the turnover battle, right? If they can, if they can outpace you, because they kind of feel like Golden State, right? At least on offense, mm-hmm. right? Where it's just two scores that doesn't feel like enough against that offense, right? They can score really quick, and we have not seen a team that's tried to stretch Georgia vertically all year. I think it would be a good test, though, like. We know Tennessee is not of the elites, but the thing is you kind of get a test to feel like, okay, you're going against a high-tempo offense. You can kind of see what that looks like a little bit before no, you're going you know, against the highest-tempo offense. Kirby Smart yeah. came out and said that for the past three weeks that they have been practicing for this offense. I think, I think it's – me personally, I think it's going to be a great test for Georgia. I, I believe Georgia will win the game, and they probably will cover. But it's a great test before you play Bama. You get to see kind of like a high-tempo offense that – I don't think you've seen that this year. Yep. I don't think you've experienced that at all this year. So it's good. And Henny Hooker is – he's become – he looks like a pro quarterback to me personally. 21 touchdowns, two picks. I'm not saying a first and second round pick, but he looks like a pro quarterback. He's definitely got the body type for it, and dude can absolutely sling it. It's going to be a really fun matchup that comes up on Saturday on 3.30 on CBS or right here on ESPN Radio in Savannah and in Hilton Head. You can catch that game again. Kickoff set for 3 30. we got to take a quick break here. As I said, we will catch up next with the head football coach from the Savannah State Tigers, Sean Quinn, and then a little bit later in the show, another special guest as well. This is Second Down right here on ESPN Radio. Radio, Christian Gokel alongside Cam Urshery. And Cam, we mentioned it's Veterans Day today. Big thank you to all those out there who have served and deservedly enjoying retirement i don't think anybody is enjoying retirement as much as our next guest correct me if i'm wrong here (laughs) joining us here on second down retired army staff sergeant cody james queen what's up yeah no you're you're right on that yeah see i I got your pertinence (laughs) down you used to hear this voice every single day on espn radio now he is deservedly so enjoying retirement uh what you just got done hunting in the woods uh, no, we're going through the woods right now. We're in uh, North Carolina. I'm with my other veteran buddy, Ethan, and uh, my brother and my son, Colton. We're going to go out there and we're, we're going to try to snag a deer. Ethan, uh, for those of you listening at home, just imagine Gimli, but like 6'2". And, yeah, you that's that's Ethan. And But Ethan, uh, I don't know if he has the filter for us to put him on the radio. So we're just going to stick with Cody right now, which <laughs> it's dangerous when Cody is the safer of the two options to bring on the radio. But uh, we're going to trust Cody here. Cody, I could wax nostalgic about your service record, which quickly for those of the people out there who don't know, uh, tell them a little bit about what you used to do. Um, I was a, a combat engineer in the Army, which is like a sapper, if anybody knows that. Um, went there, I cleared out IEDs. Two deployments, Iraq and then Afghanistan. I um, that, was, that was my whole job was to look for IEDs and maybe in like back in the day, like World War II, what we used to do was clear minefields and all that stuff. But that was my job. I was I was a combat engineer. Yeah. And Cody, uh, Cam successfully blew up IEDs, just mm-hmm. sometimes not at the moment he wanted Some to. Time unsuccessfully. <laughs> Just not at the right times uh, for Cody, but just so many fun stories uh, that Cody shared with me over the years. But, Cody, the reason I brought you on today is Veterans Day, and, like, literally every channel you look is Band of Brothers, right? They're, they're just running through those marathons. I need to know Cody Queen, and you can you can use Ethan for help here if he disagrees. Cody Queen's top five war movies of all time. Top five war movies of all time. Let's go number five. I'm going to have to go 
We Were Soldiers. That's a good one, Mel Gibson. A lot of a lot of uh, Mel Mel Gibson in this one. I feel I feel like Cody, you you chose that one not necessarily for Mel Gibson, but more so for the Gunny in that one. Well, I I, well more because I was in that unit. So there you go. Prepare to defend yourselves. And then then number four, another Mel Gibson one was the Patriot. You know. All right. Using that tomahawk stick. (laughs) Uh, Number three is actually not a movie; it's a series called Band of Brothers. All right. You have said before, because you've like obviously we watch a lot of war movies. Uh, ben jokes that like watching John Wick with you is like watching sports with anyone else. Uh, yeah. But but you oh you, you like John Wick? Oh yeah, Cody gets hyped. Oh yeah, Cody gets hyped watching John Wick. John Wick. Yeah. I love but, John uh, Wick. But Cody has said before that the Bastone episode of Band of Brothers, which for those of you who've seen the show, the the episode where they're in the snow in the woods. Uh, you said that's about as real as it got for you uh, in terms of flaring up some memories. Oh yeah, no, for real. That's some. Uh, that uh, Band of Brothers does a great job. Very realistic. Very awesome. And um, yeah, it, it it definitely sparks a thing or two in you. You know. So yeah, no, that that best. That's like the best episode ever. All right. So that was three. What's number two? Uh, number two is Saving Private Ryan, dude. Gotcha. Saving Private Ryan for I think that's a lot. Uh, a number one on a lot of people's boards. What's number one for you? Fury. Fury? Really? Fury. I was in a tank division in Iraq, and we rolled around in track vehicles all the time. And the camaraderie that you have inside of the track and everything is just like that. So, yeah, it was very accurate. Does Does Ethan have any that he feels like should be on there? Ethan, do you have any that you think should be on the list? Platoon's a good one. Good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Usually the the guys who had served in Vietnam will say that platoons up there. I'm gonna throw some at you that that are on the the top ten list for IMDb of all time, and you let me know what you think. 1917. Okay. Not not a fan. No, no, I'm not a big fan. All right, what about Dunkirk? Dunkirk. Oh uh, yeah, Dunkirk was a good one. Yeah. I think Dunkirk more than anything, just like the audio. And that I, was wild. I need, I need to it's watch just, that. It's just a lot of running away. I don't know how that's like. <laughs> All right. What about Full Metal Jacket? Full Metal Jacket's a good one. Um, once you get past, like, the basic training thing, it gets it gets better, you know? Like, but I think that's, like, a lot of people's like, favorite. Yeah, that's a lot of people's main favorite. It's, like, very, uh, like, nostalgic and, um, we call it, like, almost like a cult following. You know? Yeah. All right. What about Thin Red Line? You know, I've never seen that one. Yeah, I am. I am guilty on the thin red line. All right, so this one's always like number one or number two on a lot of these lists, and you have, I think, I'll say, uh, interesting opinion about it. It won an Academy Award. The Hurt Locker. Oh my God! Wow, it's the lamest move. The Hurt Locker. It's the lamest. I got another combat engineer right next to me. <laughs> he used to deal with IEDs. That's the most unrealistic movie I've ever seen in my life. Why is it unrealistic? Tell me. Because you just can't walk off the base because you're in EOD tech. You can't just go wander around everywhere and do whatever you want. And no one's freaking straight up, like, running back and it was a freaking bomb in their hands. Oh, my God. Like, he just would have died. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he would have died. That's what, uh, <laughs> that's what Ethan's saying. He would have died in every single one of those situations. So that is a horrible movie. All right, Cody Queen breaking down the top war movies of all time for us here on ESPN Radio. We've had some people text in, Cody. They said 13 hours 
There's probably 13 hours in a make your list. 13 hours has realistic firefights. I do, I do give it that. 13 hours on, yeah. does not make Cody Queen's list. And there was another one. I'm trying to pull it up. Hold on. Oh, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, it's that's more of like a pop culture kind of thing. All right. Cody Queen breaking it down for us here. Well, Cody, you know, you knew we were going to call you today, even if you were headed out to the woods. We appreciate everything you did, and thank you for always allowing us to use you for your stories. Hey, thank you, guys. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> Cody Queen joining us on Second Down. We got more to come here on ESPN Radio after this. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside Cam Urshery here. Had another person write in here, Cam, talking about the, the greatest war movies of all time. Cody Queen, former member of our show and former staff sergeant in the U.S. Army, joined us in the last segment, broke down his top five. Black Hawk Down, sent into us by Mario on Twitter there. Mm-hmm. How many of those movies that we listed out, Cam, had you seen? Mm, probably none. I know Dunkirk is a movie I did want to see, though. Which I might end up watching tonight. Like, it, I would it not, sounds like if you're looking for a Veterans Day movie to watch, I would not watch Dunkirk. Why not? I mean, it's a interesting movie, mm-hmm. but it's there are so many better options. Like, if you haven't seen Patriot, you should watch Patriot. There's so many movies I haven't yeah. seen. I've I stick. I mean, as you know, I stick to one category like Marvel, DC. Comic book movie. I stick to one category. Does but Captain America count as a war movie? Heck no. <laughs> I know better than that. That's like saying Infinity War and End Games count as a a war movie. No, it doesn't. Um, Captain America would be the closer you get, especially the first one when he actually. I mean, he goes to war, so I guess that's the closest you could get. Listen, yeah. if if people can call Die Hard a Christmas movie, then you can certainly call Captain America a war movie. I guess so. I my, guess so. my point is neither one of those are actually those. No. But people not. call Die Hard a Christmas movie and because they're trying to be cute. I've had people call movie. Captain America. Are you going to watch Captain America today? Are you, no. I've had people ask that. Um, shout out to my pops too. Former Marine. Uncle. Former Marine. So shout out to you guys as well. I know my dad is at least watching. He's going to go get a lot of food today. I hope so. He is. Well, hey, let's open up the phone lines. 912-342-7184. Again, 912-342-7184. If you want to say thank you to a veteran in your life, if you're a veteran uh, and you want to have your branch, your unit recognized, or you just want to argue with us about war movies and which ones deserve to be on the list, 912-342-7184. we got a few minutes before three and out comes up. Uh, but Cam... While we wait for those, Heisman Trophy talk has gotten pretty heated lately. And I think there's some interesting names out there that are starting to pop up as some of the ones when we started at the beginning of the year, uh, JT Daniels, right? Matt Corral. Those -hmm. were the guys that we were expecting to see at the top of the list. But right now you're seeing the names pop up like Kenneth Walker, right? Uh, Running back from Michigan State. My question to you is this. Which one of these guys out here have had their Heisman moment? 
Because I was going back and looking through some of the great Heisman moments. Like you had Reggie Bush against Fresno State when he won his, just that, that highlight reel. You had Sam Bradford flipping over Oklahoma State and then running the football in. You had Cam Newton running through LSU. Johnny Manziel uh, with the fumble touchdown uh, or almost fumble touchdown where he kind of threw the ball up in the air, had his back to the end zone, turned back around and threw a touchdown. I had forgotten about this one. Troy Smith. Do you remember Troy Smith? Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah. Yep. Number 10. Those Ohio State-Michigan games were lit because you had uh, – you had, God, why am I forgetting his name now? Chad. Henny. Henny, thank you. Mm-hmm. And Hart, the running back. And then you had Beanie Wells there at Ohio State for a little while. You had our boy Troy Smith. But Troy Smith Heisman moment where he – I used to love against, Troy Smith. Against Penn State. And I'm kind of glad PJ's not on the show right now. I know Mario's listening. Against Penn State, he kind of boots out to the right. There's a defensive mm-hmm. end there. Spins back around and just no-look whips a ball 60 yards on a rope down the middle of the field for a touchdown. So, like, there's different guys who have had their Heisman moment. I think Lamar Jackson had, like, two. He had so many moments, but I think he had two yeah, Heisman moments, moments right? Yeah. I think spinning into the end zone against Florida State mm-hmm. when they just absolutely boat raced them, mm-hmm. but also I think the week before that they played against Syracuse, and that's when he hurdled a guy in the Carrier Dome for a touchdown, and then that set up the top 10 matchup against Florida State the next week. Mm-hmm. So Lamar Jackson had that moment. Uh, Tim Tebow, in your, in your mind, which moment would it be for Tim Tebow? Because for me, it's the seven-touchdown performance against South Carolina. Tim Tebow has so many moments. I might have to go with that, but he has so many moments. I yeah. like I said, I still think he's the greatest college co- I would, um, quarterback. I would argue with that he's not the he's yeah. just not the best. No, he's not the best, but I think he's just the greatest man. But so Tim many Tebow, awesome, he was amazing. Yeah, so many awesome moments out there. Has anyone had that moment yet this year? Um, I will go Kenneth Walker. I think five touchdowns against Michigan. I mean. A big rivalry. I know down here it's not, but up there it's huge. And that was, I mean, five touchdowns, 198 yards on the ground. I think that's a moment. Uh, You spoke on Caleb Williams uh, against Texas. That's a moment. And I think there's some guys that can make some some run for the Heisman race. I mean, you have C.J. Stroud. They have three straight ranked opponents, Purdue, um, Michigan State, and Michigan. He has his moment. And Bryce Young, you got the Iron Bowl. So it's still some guys that have time for their moments, but those are my two guys right now. You know what's funny is if you look on the 2021 Heisman Trophy odds on VegasInsider.com, they list out it looks like the top 15 here, and there's two Georgia players listed that you can bet on right now. Could you care to guess who the two are? Uh, Jordan Davis and the Kobe Dean. Jordan Davis and Stetson. Stetson Bennett. Wow. Bennett. Okay, I knew Jordan Davis. Here's, Stetson Bennett. Okay. here's where this comes down to me. Stetson Bennett, it seems far fetched, but I think he does has a have a or will have a Heisman opportunity coming up. Oh yeah, definitely against Alabama. And, I, and I, listen, I know Alabama still has to beat Auburn. I want to say he's already. I'm not gonna say he's had a Heisman moment because they've blown people out. But he's had games where it's like, okay, you could put him on the Heisman watch, like Auburn. Well, apparently he is. Um, um, Arkansas. I mean, but if if Stetson Bennett goes out there which I believe in order to beat Bama, you have to actually throw the ball. And he throws three, four touchdowns. You might see him now, in New York. I don't he has, know. He has odds, but he is also behind eight other quarterbacks in terms of the Heisman Trophy odds. But none of them play for the number one team care, in the country. Care to share some at least four of those Take eight outside behind, of Bryce. He's behind Cade McNamara for Michigan. 
He's behind <laughs> Desmond Ritter. He's behind Sam Hartman for Wake Forest. Kenny Pickett at Pitt. Caleb Williams at Oklahoma. C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. Matt Corral at Ole Miss. And Bryce Young is your Heisman favorite right now at plus 185 uh, from Alabama. And, listen, I was arguing with somebody on Twitter. I don't even know if I'm arguing. I was going back and forth with somebody on Twitter earlier this week where I said, listen, Caleb Williams has probably been the best quarterback in the country since he came in. And they were like, no, c- come on, man. When, when has Bryce Young had a bad game? Like, he hasn't. Caleb Williams has just been better, and he, out of all of them, has had his moment. What's what's the biggest win for Alabama this year? Damn. Sadly to is say, it, but Ole probably Miss? Ole Miss. Is it Ole Miss? Yeah. He didn't have the best game in that game. Brian Robinson, his running back, had the best game in that what game. What I will say about Caleb Williams, though, he has some games to play. He still has yeah. a, Iowa State. He has Baylor, Baylor. this week. Um, and Stillwater against Oklahoma State. And Iowa State between and, them. And then, yeah, Iowa State. And then you might play Baylor, Oklahoma State again. In the Big 12. Big 12. So he has out of all, he has more opportunity. He already has his moment. He has four well, opportunities. Bryce, Bryce Young, I think, probably has the most moments coming up ahead of him. And I think he'll have a yeah. chance, right? Like he, he kind of squandered one because they just looked super okay against Alabama. And he got sacked a few times. I still think he went for over 300 yards in that game. Mm-hmm. But. He has the Iron Bowl coming up. Arkansas, I think. Don't they, they do have Arkansas yeah. still on the schedule. But I think the Iron Bowl is always a signature marquee game, right? You have the Iron Bowl coming up, and then if he can beat Georgia, I think that pretty much locks it up for Bryce Young. Yeah, because he's been so efficient with passing the ball. He doesn't turn over the ball much, and he has a high clip of touchdowns. And Yeah, I mean, if he's able to pull off, I think he'll pull off Auburn. But if he could pull off beating Georgia, a team that hasn't given up, 13 points uh, at all, more than 13 points this season. He gives them 27, 30. He should win the Heisman after that. He deserves it after that one, but time will tell. I think Caleb Williams has a shot, though. It's all right. Yeah, I I think Caleb Williams absolutely has a shot. And looking at QBR, because it's such a different statistic, right, where you have quarterback ratings, where Stetson Bennett's near the top. But if you look at total QBR, which is ESPN's metric that measures quarterbacks, and it takes a lot of things like the efficiency per play, uh, the number of plays that you've been in, the amount of sacks that you take, right? It takes all that into effect. C.J. Shroud is actually the number one in terms of ESPN's total QBR with Bryce Young, number two, and Kenny Pickett from Pitt, number three. You have to keep scrolling way down before you find a Stetson Bennett. So I just I, I don't think he really stand a chance, but I did find that funny that you look on VegasInsider.com right now at the Heisman odds, and you can put money on one Stetson Bennett the fourth. Yeah, it's perks of being um, the quarterback for the number one team in the country, but I would like to see big old Jordan Davis get a little shot, but they don't he's, show he's love. Got, he's got better odds right now than Stetson Bennett. If I'll Chase Young didn't win it, <laughs> Jordan Davis ain't you winning it. You get Jordan Davis at plus 8,000 right now. He would have to go out and get like six, seven sacks this week. Put ten bucks down on that bad boy cam if he if he wins. Nah. Collecting a cool eighty K. I I do need to put never mind. I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> Over the airway. <laughs> well, that's probably a good choice. We had Cody on in the last segment. We don't need two of those in one show. We got a big show coming up today for you though on three and out. The guy's gonna be joined by Eric Kane from the Sports Animal in Tennessee, breaking down this matchup coming up. Also Corey McCartney, author of Tales from the Atlanta Braves Dugout, gonna join the guys to discuss just that monumental win that took place just over a week ago. Still 
just riding that wave of joy, Cam, from that Braves championship. Also going to break down the news of the day. Cam Newton has re-signed with the Carolina Panthers after Sam Darnold goes on the IR. You'll hear get a chance to hear our interview with Clay Helton again as well. All that coming up right here on ESPN Radio. If you missed any portion of our show today, you can check us out, as always, on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or ESPNCoastal.com. Got some high school football coming up for you tomorrow in Savannah. We will have Benedictine against Thomas County Central. That kicking off at 730. All of that on ESPN Radio.